You're listening to DraftKings Network. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. People like bellyache about the structure. They're letting anybody into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, yeah. That's not my fucking fault. I don't want that to happen. It's not my fucking fault. Everybody wanted to let their best friend in or they wanted to do a favor so they could trade somebody for somebody. That is, I'm sorry, that I, I might get in trouble for this. That's the reality of the situation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan, and today we're putting the TWO2 in Too Many Men. Um, we are without... See, that's funny. We are without our beloved um, and brilliant Shayna Goldman, but she's probably off conquering the world or doing amazing, important things as she should. Um, But this show is going to be brilliant because we have the intrepid, often imitated, but never duplicated, and I will leave it at that, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Had a great weekend. Looking forward to a trip to Penn State tomorrow. Hey, hey. So very excited. We are. So is what they say. It's what the people. There it is. Perfect. Um, My friends, we have a lot to go through. So we're going to hit just a couple bits of news, which Sarah will introduce formally in a second. And then we're going to go through some headlines rapid fire because, again, it's our show and we get to talk about what we want to talk about. But uh, a lot has been happening on the hacky world. Happy Easter, folks. (laughs) Um, A lot has been happening in the hockey world. Um, So we're going to go through a bunch of the things that we have been paying attention to in the past week or so. And so without further ado, Sarah, what time is it? It's time for Bit-O News. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Well, um, you know, we always have to start with how does this affect the Leafs? Um, because everything does. And the Leafs announced, um, in all seriousness, a couple significant injuries, one most notably to Jake Muzzin, who has been out for some time, um, and now he's out indefinitely um, with cervical um, injuries. And I believe he's having a surgical procedure done to um, address that. But um, on the ice, uh, this is obviously important for defense for the Leafs, but off the ice, it's important that this individual get a quality of life that he can sustain and be a productive father and spouse and human in general. Um, Sarah, when you saw this news, did you have any reaction? Muslin's obviously been out for a while. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but when you see something like cervical spinal injury, that seems very scary. And he seems like a great guy. You just hope for recovery to the fullest extent. And I don't think one person is going to make or break this Leafs team. So no urgency there. Just get well. Are we pro leaves or are we anti leaves now? Where are we on? Where's our vibe check? I'm pro labor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the workers, not the machine. So, Jake, get well. So, um, in other news, um, 
TJ Brody is also on IR for the Leafs, um, so we'll continue to monitor. We're hitting, we're starting to hit the time of year when teams may be addressing with more urgency significant roster situations with moves or trades. Um, additionally, and surprisingly, because Colorado is on a little bit of a roll here, they've won their last four games, but they are now not only without Shayna's favorite player, who we all know and love, who is. Val Nishushkin. Valerie, yeah. Val Nishushkin. Listen, I went full name. <laughs> Valerie Nishushkin. <laughs> we respect him on this podcast. <laughs> um, but now Gabriel Landeskog is also on IR. And when we talked about this team's cup run last season, Sarah, we talked about how deep they were and how they were strong defensively, offensively, and goaltending. So maybe they can absorb this hit, but probably not for a long time. What's your take on the near and long-term future for the Avs with this move being announced? Well, it just, good teams don't let this, you don't stew on it too much. Yes, it sucks. And yes, he is obviously the captain is a key player as is our clutch boy, but you can't just obsess over this stuff. And like you, part of that is having a team that is so well-structured like this one, right? Like it was structured for years to come. Shout out to management there that has won a lot of awards for a reason. So it's time to put it to the test. Obviously one, four in a row. I mean, when you got Nate dog, he does a little bit of everything. That's kind of where, like, I don't know, I'm not going to get into the Connor McDavid, uh, Nathan McKinnon thing right now, but it's kind of where, your number one guy is a versatility guy, right? It's, he's not always getting a hat trick every single night, but the team group's winning. So I would pick that. Anyway. Now, I knew, I didn't see. I know that Nishushkin is an ankle, but do we? what is Landeskog's injury? I did not see that. Did you see I, that? I don't think it was disclosed. Perfect. Me... Very hockey of them, as is tradition. I did actually talk to him today, and he said, I'm tired. I'm like, I totally... Aren't we all? Go to sleep. Aren't we all? (laughs) Oh, he underwent arthroscopic knee surgery October 17th and was slated to be sidelined for 12 weeks. Oh, that's not great. That's not good. That's actually way worse than I thought it was. It's a good thing we Googled it (laughs) while we were recording the podcast. Uh, That sucks. But how long is 12 weeks? (laughs) Three months. Okay, so we'll be back for the playoffs, I guess. I mean, I just look at this Bruins team, and we'll get into that, but it's like even – they weren't even that deep of a team, but they kind of survived, so I'm not going to get too worried, but we'll see. We have um, a couple other bits of news before we get into actual on-ice hockey headlines, Um, and the next one is that um, as we record this on Monday, it is the day for the formal end and induction of uh, this year's Hockey Hall of Fame class. Um, These should be names that, if you don't already know them, you should. Um, Shout out to Daniel Alfredson, Alfie, a great piece on Players' Tribune um, from Eric Carlson today on him. Uh, The Sedin twins, Roberto Luongo, so three Canucks going in. Can't fire your coach on that day. Um, Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Herb Carnegie and Rika Salonen um, is the women's player. Uh, Who stands out to you, Sarah, from this class? Everyone, there's not... There's not anyone on here where I say this is undeserving. In fact, you wonder too, like, why not sooner, right? And three Canucks at one point, like these were the players that really were that organization during the height of their power, if you will, and success. Who's your favorite on this list? Yeah, Herb Carnegie. I get emotional. I wish he was alive for this. Um, He deserved his flowers while he was alive. He had such an impact on the game and for what his career was and didn't get to be. And that's such a 
I don't know. He paved the way for so many others, but deserved so much better. So I'm glad to see it's so long overdue, but I'm glad to see it actually happening. What can you share a little bit, Sarah, about what for people who maybe don't know about Herb and and what he accomplished and being a person of color in this game? This is the crux of it. I mean, in 1948, he okay, he was one of the first black players in to get or be offered an NHL contract. And in 1948, he was given a tryout with the New York Rangers and offered a contract worth $2,700 to play in the Rangers minor league system. However, he was offered less money than he was earning in the Quebec League and turned down all three offers made by the Rangers organization during this tryout. So he... Other than that, like things he has endured is in one famous 1938 incident, um, Con Smythe, the owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs back then, watched Carnegie play as a member of the Toronto Young Rangers. He's alleged to have said that he, he would have accepted Carnegie on the team if he were white. Perfect. Or he would pay $10,000 to anyone who could turn Carnegie white. So that is the type of bullshit that Carnegie had been facing in his career, just like that. Those are just instances that are readily available. He just deserved better. He deserved a better opportunity to succeed in this league, which he would have if he hadn't been facing so much racism. Exactly, exactly. And we want to also highlight quickly um, Rika Salonen because, you know, of course, they must begrudgingly induct at least one female, no more, one, no more. exactly one. <laughs> one, 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 one every year. Um, but Rika Salonen is the all time leading European scorer at the Olympics and World Championships and ranks 12th and 11th among all skaters, respectively. She played in her first ever Women's World Championship in 1990 in Ottawa and the 1998 Nagano Games. No player scored more points in the first Olympics to include women's hockey than Salonen, then known by her family name, Niemannen, um, as she led Finland to a bronze medal. Um, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the pod, at least we consider so, um, Avery Sports Show, who goes by at AVRY on Twitter, long live Twitter, supposedly, um, <laughs> who counters with, why can't the 2023 class be headlined by Jennifer Botterill, Julie Chu, and Carolyn Newell with the one NHL name being Alexander McGinley. Um, flip it on its head, folks. Let's go there. Yeah, there, okay. there can be more than one woman. So just throwing it out there. There's too many men, as we like to say. There's too many men. There's too many men on the committee. The committee, the way it's structured, it's just very much hockey men. So 100%. Now, Sarah, you carry a torch professionally for a candidate who you feel is, is being overlooked for Hall of Fame consideration. Do you want to give that individual a shout out today on the show? Yeah, let's go, Rod Brindamore. Um, I, I think this would mean a lot to him to get in. And he revolutionized what it was to play hockey. And I think Maligny deserves to get in too, especially with the stru- people like bellyache about the structure. They're letting anybody into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, that's not my fucking fault. I don't want that to happen. It's not my fucking fault. Everybody wanted to let their best friend in or they wanted to do a favor so they could trade somebody for somebody. That is, I'm sorry, that I, I might get in trouble for this. That's the reality of the situation. So I, I think it's gotten better. I don't want to piss anybody off. There are a lot of people with integrity in there, but some people, like, there's a lot of favors going around. So I do think Maligny should be in there. I think Rod Brindamore, I do get, why he's not, if you want to go like strict constitutionalist on it, like, it's like it should be somebody that has X, Y, and Z goals or whatever it is, but that's not how it's set up right now. And I do think Rod Brindamore, since the day he started working out, 
has not missed more than two days of working out. And he, you guys have to remember. That should be in the bylaws for the Hall of Fame, honestly. Honestly. He was in the peak of like everybody crushing a beer after the game. He doesn't do that. He did like he was the one everybody first made fun of for like having smoothies and working out all the time. And now look at the league. He people look at him for his regimen. And you think about Tom Brady and even Zdeno Chara, like Zdeno Chara and Rod have like become, I don't know, I don't want to say close, but I do want to say like they have so much respect for each other's longevity. And people want to use Rod's longevity against him because he doesn't have that many goals as much as some other people that played less. But I think it's a pro because he showed you can be an older guy in the league and succeed and not only just succeed, but average 28 minutes per game when you're going for a cup and winning a cup as the captain. So I just think he deserves more respect for the way he changed the game. We are a pro Rod pod. Rod the Bod pod. We need merch for this. We're, we're, we're assigning a list to Porsche. I want, merch yeah, we need the Rod merch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right, we have two more pieces of news before we get to our hockey-specific topics. Um, folks, listen. Seattle announced a mascot earlier this year, and all y'all came for Bowie, but we need to talk about the Canadians. <laughs> Did you see this, Sarah? Their new mascot? Yeah, I was like at Friendsgiving and all of a sudden there's a new Habs mascot. I'm like, can he play Wang? What's going on? (laughs) Well, okay. Okay. So for people who did not see this, God bless, you're lucky. Uh, The new Canadian's (laughs) mascot is named Metal. Exclamation point. (laughs) All caps. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to read the description. Giving Elon's fifth child. (laughs) It's, It's apparently supposed to be some like early 80s 80s punk hairband rocker-ish thing. But, okay, I have many questions. First of all, did we need another mascot? I mean, Yuppie was fine. I don't understand why we have another mascot. I definitely don't understand the tie. And I definitely don't understand the choice to go with this genre of mascot. And as a former mascot, my opinion counts times 10. So, Sarah, are we pro or anti-metal in your camp? I'm just not really understanding what's going on. And I think Yuppie was such a... Is he still there? I mean, I assume. Two? Yeah, I assume there's two. Justice for Yuppie. I don't know. He... <laughs> <laughs> We're very like, upset. Yuppie and Metal. Like, I don't know. I don't see them hanging out on the weekends, but... I don't... I don't. And, like, here's the thing. Like, in Seattle, people are, have picked on Bowie. Well, not in Seattle, more national media. But, like, kids love Bowie. Right? Like, and that's the point of a mascot. Like, does metal appeal to the small child at the Habs game? I feel no. I feel that's not a synergy that we're going to hit here. Yeah, I'm reading the press release. Whoa, my dude is back, said a source close to metal who identified himself simply as Rhodey after a night of bad choices partying with the team after the cup in 93. Okay. So they're trying to be like, remember, we want a cup. But like, look, it was so long ago that we all dressed like this. That's horrifying. (laughs) I don't know what I, I don't know my opinion on this. I'm like, I like mascots, whatever, but. But like a mascot has to have a, like. Even Boomer and Columbus had a reason because it was the third jerseys and it was the whole, like, I don't understand why, why now, but here we are. Um, Sarah, there was a bit of news that you had some fun with today, and I'm going to actually ask you to tell this story because I caught up to it late, and that is Hank Green reacting to a hockey player in a hockey game 
Sarah, tell the people who Hank Green is, what he said, and and what the hell is going on here. Hank Green, I know him most by, I'm sure he can relate to the Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk situation. I know him by his brother, John, who wrote like The Fault in Our Stars, and he was like a very good youth Youth. writer. He still is. Uh, He was like big on Tumblr when I was on Tumblr back in the day. Uh, He... Is he a scientist, Hank Green? He's a scientist that, like, is also in the media, like a Bill Nye the Science Guy. I'm sorry, Hank, if you come on our podcast. I don't want to fucking already – I already blew it. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, He tweets about science and the internet. Like, Hank, brag on yourself more in your your Twitter bio because I cannot (laughs) – I need more than that. Okay. But he is, like, somewhat of a science – he's on TikTok. Like, he's everybody's – older brother on TikTok, basically, like, explaining science stuff and contextualizing it like a journalist would. So good for him. He did tweet, like, fuck Matt. He didn't, it wasn't like. He said, fuck Matt Kachuk uh, last night on Twitter. And, okay, here's the, the full thing. I hate it when people who hate me are assholes in my mentions, but I hate it even more when people who like me are assholes in my mentions. Relatable. Who are you trying to impress? Me? My whole brand is trying not to be an asshole. Except when it comes to <laughs> except when it comes to Macachuk, fuck, fuck Macachuk, and Hank Green. Where did he grow up? He grew up in. <laughs> we are down the rabbit hole here. Yeah, he went to the university. He's from Alabama. He's just like, you know what? Fuck you, Macachuk. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> Can I have? So he's from Alabama. He went to the University of Montana. None of this has anything to do with hockey. But then he quote tweeted it and said, I'd like to apologize to Matt Kachuk for my harsh words, but unfortunately I can't. Should have been a 10-game suspension. So Matt Kachuk recently... Was suspended. Yeah. For what? putting the stick in oh, yeah. in the goaltender mask. And he, he was suspended for two games. But like that was also like not just yesterday. Like that's what's also strange about this. <laughs> like I, I know. And he's net like Hank Green has never been like I'm a huge fan of any team but maybe he's a Kings fan like I, don't I guess know. I don't it just know. doesn't make sense well like, I'd like him come on the podcast and explain Hank Bitto news is what you crave folks that's that's what we're here for um yeah so go off Hank um we that's our Bitto news we've got a ton of hockey stuff to talk about but we don't actually care about it all and some of it's more interesting than others so here's what we're gonna do Sarah we're gonna go through a series of hockey headlines I'll outline the headline and then we'll go we'll take turns we'll go back and forth and you can say buy or sell and if we're buying it means it's something you want to talk about we'll dig into it a little bit if we sell screw it we move on to the next how's that sound sounds good perfect okay number one buy or sell the rumor mill with Evander Kane's injury? Will they be looking at a player like Tarasenko, maybe Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze to the Oilers? Buy or sell the rumor mill about a big name replacement coming in in the wake of Evander Kane's wrist injury? I'm going to buy this. I just think it'd be a mistake. I think the amount that Chicago especially is going to want for these guys. I think Tarasenko maybe will fit, but I do think they're going to want Evander Kane back in a few months. Um, and then you have to worry about the cap. But I do think they have two issues to solve here. Like one is obviously the whole Evander Kane leaves and one is their lack of center depth that they've had. But they also have like bad de- – I think they need to focus on defense and Connor and Leon will lead offense. Like there's no need I – don't, I don't know. What do you think? 
Leon Dreisaitl, in honor of our missing <laughs> Shayna Goldman. Yeah, I just, it's like, it's a problem because if you make this move, it's not sustainable. Like, because Evander Kane's supposed to be back, and to your point, like, cap-wise, I, I don't know how you do this. And they've already bargained off. I'm going to pull up their... Uh, their situation on cap friendly in terms of their picks. I mean, they bargained off so much. I know last year they were steadfast. They still have their first round picks for the next three years. That's fine. But they don't have multiple picks in any round right now, courtesy of cap friendly. Thank you so much. We love you. Um, And they only got six picks out of the next three years. So not even a full year of picks. Um, Yeah, I just, it, they keep trying to do this and they keep screwing it up because the vibes are bad. So, like, just don't even risk any more of your future because I don't think it's going to turn out well. I don't think it's going to turn out well. I agree. I agree. It's kind of just a whole mess. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to ping pong around that same division for a moment here. And we're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Now, this is a situation that's been brewing. We've talked about it before. Bruce Boudreau uh, came in last year, kind of rallied the troops, brought the team to a point of success, obviously not good enough. But then there's some hemming and hawing. He's eventually signed to a one-year extension, and now the Canucks are off to what is a horrible start. They lost seven straight to start the season. They're currently now on another losing streak, three straight. So the question is, Will the Canucks have a third coach on their payroll in the next two months? Buy or sell, Sarah? Just based on some... Oh, we're buying it. <laughs> Don't worry, there's sells coming up. But based on just JR, GMJR's comments in the media, which are... I mean, I'm not... The media, the comments are inappropriate. I'm a media. I like I'm to a hear media. everything. Like, give me the clickbait. But I do think he's pointing fingers at Boudreau when he should not be. Like, it's very obvious to me at this point, the structure of this team is just not built for success, right? Like, they have some good key pieces. But for whatever reason, and there could be a lot of reasons, but the team itself is just not gelling well together. And I don't know if you blow it up, but I don't think... Clearly, they already tried to fire a coach, and then they bring Bruce on. What do they do, win eight in a row last year during that? I He's obviously not the problem, but I don't think it's something that can be solved, but the coach is always the first one to go. So Yeah, I, I'm, I, if they fire him, first of all, it's just poor financially because like now you're, you literally will have three coaches on your payroll for at least this season. And I agree. I don't think this roster is constructed well at all, and I don't see the way out of it. This isn't a one or two pieces makes the change and you have to imagine that this group now even off the ice is just like this is what sucks about a start like this is that you don't even have time to fix it if you knew even how because there's games like every freaking second or third day so unfortunately you just kind of have to mire through this season and Bruce deserves better, in my opinion. That's what I'll say. All right, let's stick in the Pacific. We're going to, maybe we'll just go division by division. We'll see, Sarah. We'll see how, how we how we feel. <laughs> um, Vegas has had eight straight wins. Buy or sell? Or are we just saying, yes, they have, moving on? Yes, they have, moving on. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Jesus. <laughs> All right, and then we have also in the Pacific, the Kraken, who rang off five straight wins and now have two losses. Uh, One most recently occurred Sunday in overtime, a really heartbreaking way to lose with a penalty coming in the final minute of play, and then the game tying goal coming with three seconds left, and the game winning goal coming a minute into overtime. Buy or sell, Kraken, five straight wins. 
I'm going to throw this one to you because you'd say the most about it. What do, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I mean, as I was saying before when the Kraken were winning, look, no team has won 82 straight games ever. It's just not a thing that's happened. So the win streak is going to come to an end at some point. Both of these losses, I'm not panicking because while it's not great for any team, they want to keep winning, especially at home. There's some tangible mistakes. It's not like Vancouver where things are fundamentally broken and flawed, in my opinion right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, they will need to rebound. I think you know they've got this long homestand here, and I think that they need to find a way to string some wins together in front of their home fans. I think it's great that they lost in a heartbreaking way because it's like, it's what it's the same as if you lose in a not so bad way. It all gets contained in that one loss. That's but true. You learn a lesson. You That's know? a great point. That's a great point. I love that. Yes. Well, speaking of the team that beat the Kraken last night, it is the Winnipeg Jets, the team that everyone projected to be on top of the Central Division. <laughs> Fourteen games into their season, they have nine wins, four losses, one overtime loser point. They've won one, but they were previously on a win streak where they only had that broken when they lost in Calgary on Saturday. For me, Sarah, Winnipeg is one of those teams, don't come for me, Winnipeg fans, however many of you there are, is that, like, you don't pay attention to them if they're not, especially if they're not in your division. And, And, like, I kind of had my perspective of what they were going into the season. And then in prepping for last night's game in Seattle, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but are we are we buying or selling discussing the Winnipeg Jets? Let's buy it. I do think Rick Bonus has changed them in the right ways. I do think like taking the captaincy away uh, was the needed move here because they've strung some wins together where it's like really convincing and then they just keep being like, oh, like, okay, they're middling. But I do think this was kind of an attitude situation that needed to get rectified and I I was when he did that at first I'm like ah is he like trying to come in and be a tough guy or whatever but Maurice said he left because they needed a new voice and then immediately a new voice comes in and does something big and it does seem like I am paying a little more attention to them than I would because I do like their dedication to the style rankings so sometimes I'm like looking at (laughs) what's going on with them but I do think it seems a little bit different this time and I have my hopes up a little for them. And I will counter your points with Connor Hellebuck's just playing out of his mind. So we'll see if as what they can should. sustain. As, as he should. As he should. All right. Well, let's see. Where do we want to go next? We didn't pick any. Oh, we did. Okay. Let's stick in the central. Buy or sell, Sarah. R.I.P. the St. Louis Blues. They've had eight straight losses. And as shocking as it is that Winnipeg is number one, it may be equally shocking that Winnipeg, excuse me, that St. Louis is eighth and last in the Central Division. Buy or sell, RIP the Blues. I want to buy it, but I just don't, because I have so many questions. I don't know what's happening. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Why is this happening? It's, I mean, is it aging core? Is it Jordan Biddington and Karma? Who's to say? I don't, I really don't know. Um, I've only seen them play once, um, twice actually, uh, coming into Seattle. I watched their game prior, obviously, and then watched them here. And they looked fine then, but I, I don't know. We'll sell that one. We're moving on. Yeah, Selling. Sticking in the central, another team we wanted to put up for possible conversation Nashville. <laughs> What are they this. even? I, yeah, I know. I don't I, care. <laughs> I'm over it. Like, show me something or I'm like, I don't, can't keep doing this. Perfect. Okay. Then we move on to the Metro. 
We've got some exciting and some really just, at this point, fun, flat out sad news coming out of the Metro. Let's start with the fun stuff. Um, Sarah, the Devils' nine straight wins. The fan base that was chanting fire Lindy to a couple games into the season to get their coach fired off the bench is now saying that they're sorry in chance and the coach is accepting their apology in his post-game press conferences. Buy or sell, Devils on a hot streak, nine straight wins. Yeah, I'm buying this. I love it. They're kind of one of the teams for me that is like Nashville, where it can go either way sometimes. Like for the past few years, right, both of these teams have been like, well, they're buying these good players, but then what's going to actually happen? I don't know. I will say, I do think as much as it sucks, like sometimes you need, you're seeing this with Jack Eichel. I mean, not with the Sabres anymore, but you're kind of seeing this. They needed to move on from P.K. Subban. Like, mm-hmm. he needed to retire. Mm-hmm. That This all had to happen. And now he's living his best life. Just got signed to deal with uh, ESPN. So it all works out in the end. But I do think they kind of needed the, the weight off their shoulders and to have a new... I don't know. I'm loving that the will-they-won't-they they stars from the past few years, too, are having their... Mo- like, we got Nico Hirscher. We got Je- Jesper Bratt. We got Dougie Hamilton is doing really well. And... I just love it for everybody involved. Jack Hughes, how could we forget him? He's just flexing. This is his year. We have to forget, or we have to forget. We have to remember sometimes that like young guys might need a season or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I what I like too is I we're, it's early, of course, right? But like, what I like is that the Devils have at least been trying to build the right way, right? They're building down the middle, drafting young talent. They're drafting on both sides of the ice. They went out and tried to fix their goaltending. And now, you know, we just talked about winning and losing in different ways. Like, they've won games when they've literally lost goaltenders just out of the net, poof, gone to injury. And they, they're they finding ways to win. And I just... I. As, just like I liked that Colorado won the cup last year because they were built the right way, I'm invested in seeing how this pans out for New Jersey because they're, they're, it feels like they're trying to do it the right way. They're not going for a quick fix. They're, and they're not apologize or miss like you know again go back to vancouver out there they're like oh we're just retweaking we're just this is just a retool and we'll be fine you're not fine you have to build a sound <laughs> team like yeah. so um I'm, I'm 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 in on the devils i think it'll be a little bit of fun there um okay sticking in the metro the islanders are they good buy or sell sell <laughs> moving on <laughs> Um, the Flyers, our dear sweet Flyers, we are a pro Torts podcast. Um, but the Flyers were, you know, the joke was that Torts was saying he wasn't into analytics when the reality is probably he knew all along what the analytics were saying and that hot goaltending can sustain only so long. The Flyers have lost three. They currently sit at seven, six, and two, fifth best in the Metro. Interestingly, still above the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sarah, buy or sell, the Flyers are doomed by analytics. Let's buy it. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think, obviously, Carter Hart has been out, and they're still as Tortorella said himself, they're kind of playing the right way. They aren't, like, giving up. I think that's a testament to him, too. And I think it's just three games with one of their their top player out. So I think they will figure it out. And I, we never had high expectations for this team in the first place. So right. I'm not as hard on them as I could be. But in the grand scheme, this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm with you. I think no one expected the Flyers to be great 
and that's okay. So the analytics are actually probably right towards Nosy. He's just not going to say it. And if, if you're riding a goaltender, you're riding a goaltender, and that's what you got. RIP the style rankings because, folks, I don't even know what to say about the Columbus Blue Jackets anymore. Patrick Line is out again. He came back from an elbow injury, and now he's out with a sprained ankle for three to four weeks. They are also, I don't even know if I can name everybody, they're also without Jacob Voracek, uh, Nick Blankenberg. Zach Wierenski is out for the season with a torn labrum and separated shoulder. This is the second time he's had that injury. This time it's on the other side of his body. Um... I they this team is at the bottom of the metro. They have nine standing points. I'm doing a quick check here. They are the only team in the league other than Anaheim to not yet have hit double digits in standing points this season. Um, it is rough. They are four nine and one, 14 games played. It's going to be a long season for them. Unfortunately, they are just besieged by injuries. Sarah, buy or sell any further lamenting about the state of the Columbus Broken Jackets? Yeah, let's buy it. I mean, at least we don't have to hear the cannon. Like, that shit freaks me out. And (laughs) just get it all out at once. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I'm sick of this Vancouver bullshit where it's like they'll be – I don't want that. I want you guys to be as bad as possible, all the injuries to happen at the exact same time, and then you get it together, okay? Let's get – let's have a flop era and then rise from the ashes. Well, and listen, if there's one thing that Columbus desperately needs, it's center depth. And if they would happen to fall into the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, honestly, it could suit them. And I know, so could it your team, fine, whatever, fans from 31 other fan bases. Yes, you're all correct. Come at me. Okay. Um, Let's now move to the Atlantic. Sarah, you've already mentioned them. The Bruins, we all asked, could they hang on? Could they withstand the injuries to the only players keeping them afloat? And yet, here they are, top of the Atlantic, four-game win streak. Sarah, buy or sell? I don't even know why I'm asking. Boston is good. Yeah, yeah. we're buying this. They're 14-2-0, one of their best starts in franchise history. 9-0-0 at home, which is a franchise record. And... Linus Olmark, like if I could describe what they're doing in two words, there's too many to describe. But Linus Olmark has been an awesome goal. It's like he just, okay, I'm going to be the best goaltender in the league. Like he just decided this one day. Um, he has played 13 out of these 15 games. And he has 11-1-0. And he, 0.936 save percentage, and it's just like it keeps getting better. You'd think, okay, is this sustainable? But at this point, he's played a lot, and it's be like he is just very good right now. Good for him. Having one of the best starts for the Bruins since Tim Thomas, and you know that name ruffles a lot of feathers. So, but he was good in goal. I mean, yeah. isn't that how we're supposed to hockey? Exactly. But he's good on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. Um, <laughs> Just like every time a player returns from injury on this Bruins team, they score a bunch and they're just like having so much fun. Um, Love it for the guys on the ice. Obviously, we keep podcasting about what's happening off the ice. I just am so angry about that because it's like, aside from how evil the situation is, just it's hard to even talk about how fun the Bruins team is knowing what they did, but it's so fucking annoying. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So Boston is in fact good. I'm with you, Sarah. And I, you know, much like I was wrong about Winnipeg, at least right now, I was, I don't know if I'm, I I didn't expect Boston to be bad. 
but I didn't expect their start to be this good, if I could say it that way. That's what impresses yeah. me about what they've done. You and many people, but not I. You can find me in the preseason. The word I used to describe them was underrated. <laughs> Read her work at Bleacher Report, people. Sarah Sivian. <laughs> She's a media. <laughs> Doing one media. <laughs> one media. Well, on the other end of the spectrum on, in the Atlantic, this is a team that I think people kind of thought was on the rise, and that's the Buffalo Sabres. Um, other than my complete frustration with the white pants with their retro jerseys, which I cannot do, um, they have lost five in a row. They're sitting at seventh in the Atlantic, um, just above the Ottawa Senators. Um is this the Buffalo team that we thought they would be? What's up with Buffalo, Sarah? Buy or sell? I can't buy. But I can't fucking believe they're doing this to us again. Every year. Every year. Not only do they become bad, but they start off, like their recent thing is they start off so good and so fun. And you're like, yes, it's finally the year. And all these lovable people. And then it's like, nope, actually, we're going to lose five in a row. We're going to have, what are they, 7-7-0 seven, seven, oh now? Or are they Let's seven, see, 7-8, seven, 7-8 eight, seven, eight and oh. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> that sucks. They're losing now. They're seventh, as you said. I, I don't, it just pisses me off because I want them to be good. I want the Cinderella story to finally happen, but. 100%, 100%. Um, and then the last team that we'll touch on potentially in our buy-sell sweepstakes, I think we bought a lot, Sarah. We have a big, we have a high cap hit today, um, is is the team that's right below them, and that is the Ottawa Senators, another team that we all wanted to see kind of turn it around. They do sit uh, bottom of the central, just five wins in 14 games. Their underlying numbers are good, um, but they just can't seem to put it together. They finally won one this past weekend, um, but they also now are losing Thomas Shabbat to injury. Um, Ottawa Senators, what the heck is going on? They're interesting but not winning. Buy or sell? I want to sell this like I'm the third Melanick sister, but I just wanted to get that joke off. (laughs) We we can buy it if you want to. (laughs) No, I think the joke is what we... Folks, this is why she's the best. That's amazing. All right. Well, we have one last buy or sell topic. That is our quick kind of quick trip around the league. Um, We're going to end with an issue that, in theory, depending on who you ask, affects all the league. Um, This week, the NHL did announce that they are not at this time going to pursue plans for a World Cup in in the year 2023. Um, While not directly stated, it is believed that that is tied to, obviously, the political unrest related to the country of Russia and the impacts of having their athletes represented in an international tournament. Uh, The league does plan to explore the opportunity to have this tournament in 2024. I think it goes without question that we all agree that um, the situation in the Ukraine is far more important than a hockey tournament, but we're now continuing to add numbers of years when the best in the world don't get to compete against one another in hockey. Do we care about the World Cup, Sarah, buy or sell? Let's buy it. Yeah, I don't care about the World Cup, and that's kind of the problem. It's just not one of those big tournaments and I and obviously the Ukraine situation is way more important and that's why I'm puzzled at the announcement they didn't make one mention of that's why they were doing or whatever they didn't explain any context they said due to the environment like the current environment situation I was like is this about global warming (laughs) I literally saw I'm like I sent it to you guys I'm like what are they talking about then I was like oh but 
why didn't they say that? I don't know. So what's even the point of sitting it out if you're just going to be quiet about it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's, it's far more complex than I am currently giving it justice for. But I do think, like, it just sucks that, okay, no Olympics, no World Cup. Like... Well, and that, listen, I get it. I get that, you know, the Olympics cuts into the NHL season. I get that it risks injury for players and owners don't like that. But like, there's a reason why you should just send your players to the Olympics. Like, it's a lot of work to put it's It's a lot easier to go to someone else's wedding or hire a wedding planner than to just do it all yourself. That's the whole freaking point. That's why that you have ice hockey at the Olympics. And as much as Fundamentally, I do want to see the best of the best compete against each other, and in theory, it doesn't matter where. Like, I mean, if I was a if I was a star hockey player, which I am clearly not, but like, I would much rather have a gold medal than like a World Cup of hockey thing. I don't. Know. I know that's just I, me. What are they going to get? A participation trophy? Right. Other than unless un, unless they bring back, well, they and they already said they weren't going to bring back Team North America. Those were jerseys were sweet. Like, other than that, what's the prize here? I see nothing. All right. Well, that's our uh, quick swing around all hockey news. Uh, so you can't come come at us saying we're not talking about hockey because guess what we did for the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> we are going to end with everyone's favorite game and shout out if you haven't already checked it in our merch. Um, if you're watching online. You can see I am wearing our new FMK hoodie. It is delightful. It is perfect for fall weather. Strong recommend. You can always find our merch. Link is in our Twitter bio and on our website. We have Pro Torts merch. We have FMK merch. And we have Too Many Men merch. But that means it's time, Sarah, for Fuck, Mary Kill. All right, Sarah. We're going to end with this one. Fuck, Mary Kill bad goaltenders and since it's just the two of us that means you have to go first are you ready i'm ready here we ready here we go fuck mary kill jordan binnington uc saros or thatcher demko all right i gotta no surprise to anyone that we're killing binnington off, (laughs) off the charts here we have to do that if shane is not here i just like would not want my goaltender to act like this in a time of crisis. Like, I don't know. Get it together. I don't know. I'm sure some guys do love it, right? That he's, oh, like, I don't know what he's, whatever he's doing. But I don't, this isn't the person that I want to, like, pull me out of the current dire straits. <laughs> I will, oh, God. It's not fun. Um, I'll fuck Thatcher Demko. I mean, there's no one fucker, Mary. Like, I I mean, he's allowed 4.02 goals against average, on average. Oh, that is so bad. And his save percentage is 0.874. This man is allowing 4.02 goals per game. That is really bad. Uh, the stats, Sarah, the stats. Oh, my God, the stats aren't statting. I... He's been around, I guess. He's letting a lot of things into the net, so maybe he'll be experienced. Um, I will marry Yusei Saros. I think he is probably the best out of all three right now, and he is going through like a weird bad slump, but he, I could change him. 
I could fix him and I could get him back to the man that we all know he can historically be. I like that. That's a good tie-in back to the to the game itself. All right. I'm going to unsurprisingly also kill Jordan Bennington sorry, because I mean, I'm not actually sorry because <laughs> you never are. So here we are. Um, I'm going to flip with you, Sarah. I'm going to actually fuck UC Saros because like it's Nashville. And again, like we just discussed, like what is Nashville? And yeah, it's fun when your goaltender's good, but you have to be good when your goaltender isn't good. And I, yeah, I just not. I'm, he probably is actually the best of these three goaltenders, but I'm going to fuck him. Um, I'm going to marry Thatcher Demko because I just, I really like the season he had last year. He has a good name, the best of the three, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, and if you look at this year in terms of traditional stats, particularly save percentage, it's such an anomaly to his career that... I believe in you, Thatcher. And again, it's like, it's rough. It's rough to watch what Vancouver's going through and it's rough to watch them not address what's actually wrong with this team in the roster construction. Yeah, their defense is, I'm not like putting all those goals on him, but that's just very, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friends, with that, uh, we bring this episode to a conclusion. Uh, we are really excited to tease for you that this coming week on Thursday, in our Thursday episode, we have a very special guest talking hockey with a great, great, great human that the three of us are so excited to bring you the conversation with them. So please tune in for that. Um, in the meantime, if you aren't already, follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. As long as Twitter's around, so will we be. Uh, you can find their links uh, to our merch, like I said. You can also find it on our website, too many men pod.com. Shayna, we miss you so much. We're a lot smarter when you're here. We also curse a lot less. So we'll try and bring that back for next episode. Sarah, did I miss anything else? Nope, I think we covered it all, Allison. Outstanding. All right, well, friends, until we talk again, make sure that you do your part to make sure that hockey is, in fact, for everyone and do something nice for someone else, even if they don't even know it was you. Peace. Love you. Bye. <laughs>